Welcome to BSD Talk, number 119. It's Thursday, July 5th, 2007. Sorry about skipping last week. Actually, I had an interview, but that fell through. No interview for you today, but there will be some coming up next week. But I did want to talk a little bit about some of the messing around I've been doing with IP version 6. So for those of you who are actually familiar with or experienced with IPv6, Please forgive me as I spout out a lot of misinformation, but hopefully you'll also enjoy listening to my explorations of this new internet protocol. Essentially, I enjoy playing with computing systems, and IPv6 is another thing to play with, but I was also able to justify it as learning about what's coming down the pipe. There's a variety of reasons why the current version of the internet protocol, IP version 4, needs to be replaced. Probably the most common thing that people talk about is the number of addresses not being enough for our needs. Essentially, IP version 4 addresses are handed out in large blocks, and so quite often they're not handed out uh, in an efficient manner. There's a lot of unused ones, and there's just also a lot of people and a lot of devices. And If you've been listening to earlier BSD talks, you've gotten some of that information. Another thing that was pushing me to learn about IPv6 was the fact that Windows Vista is now starting to enter my organization. And a lot of people might be, you know, be wondering why would I even be moving forward with Windows Vista? Sorry, I know this is a BSD podcast, but I just wanted to talk a little bit about this too. Essentially, Microsoft supports their operating systems for 10 years. And that's for, you know, security patches and a lot of other software. And Windows XP came out in 2001. Hard to believe it was that long ago. So, In theory, Windows XP will only be supported as a mainstream operating system until 2011, which is about four years from now. At the company where I work, we try and replace a quarter of our machines every year, the slowest quarter. That means every computer should be no more than four years old, although obviously they sometimes go a little longer. Because of that, at a quarter of the machines a year, it takes me about four years to completely cycle out all the computers at the organization. So, gee, what happens in four years? No more XP. So I need to start now. And I think a lot of organizations are in the same boat where you do need to start bringing Vista into your organization now, you know, even if it's just a small number here in the beginning to test and everything like that. And Vista includes IP version 6 by default. Yes, all the other versions of, you know, Linux and BSD and Apple, they've all been running IPv6 for a while. But given the market share of Microsoft, once Microsoft starts doing something, then it really starts showing up on people's radar. And you need to start supporting what they're doing in your organizations, usually. We, we're just required to have Microsoft stuff due to the federal government, which is also kind of funny, given that the U.S. federal government took Microsoft to court for illegally abusing their monopoly power. Yet at the same time, many of the government websites out there that we interact with require Microsoft Windows. But that's a whole nother thing. So, how did I start testing IPv6? Well, there's not much to do on the client side with IPv6. One of the promises of IPv6 is stateless auto-configuration. With IPv4, machines basically had to be manually configured. 
but then they came up with this thing known as DHCP, the Dynamic Host Configuration Protocol. A workstation would yell loudly on the network, a DHCP server would respond with the proper network settings and everything was good to go, but that did require setting up an additional service. IPv6 basically supports um, having the router advertise that it's a router and the router gives out the proper network information, although not all the stuff you need, to the clients. So as a router, I chose OpenBSD just because that's what I happen to be familiar with, but any of the BSDs will do, or Linux or anything else. And I set up a couple Avista machines and XP machines. A colleague and I spent a day just putting together a basic test network. And we started out without actually having a router. We just wanted to turn on a bunch of machines connected to a hub. We knew that the Vista machines would have IPv6 enabled. We knew that the BSD workstation would have IPv6. And we installed IPv6 on Windows XP. And that's a really easy thing to do also. And we also wanted to see whether or not our different tools were still going to function properly. You know, essentially as network administrators, we do a lot of, well, maybe not a lot, but we do a little bit of network analysis from time to time, trying to figure out what's going on, protocol analyzers, things like Wireshark. And so we just wanted to see whether all of these things really did work. They said they would, but there's only one way to find out. Another thing uh, of interest was the fact that Microsoft has a new program called Windows Meeting Space. I, that's the right name. And that's their replacement for Windows Net Meeting. And that is an IPv6 application. So that was a nice way to generate some IPv6 traffic on the wire. So I hooked everything up to a hub. In IP version 4, there are a small number of IP addresses that your workstation cares about. Namely, it's IPv4 address. But there's also the loopback address and the broadcast address. And it may also have a multicast address, although that's not used very often. And IP version 6 has a greater number of these addresses that your machine pays attention to. So not only does it have a what's called a link local IPv6 address, which is essentially something that's going to work even if there's no network infrastructure. Bunch of machines hooked up to a hub, they're all going to pick a link local. IP version 4 had something similar to this. Essentially, if workstations were configured to use DHCP, they would yell to the network. And if no DHCP server responded, then they would pick a random address from this 169-something-something-something address block, and it was pretty much assumed that there would be no collisions. A um, IP version 6 equivalent to this is your link local address. And in general, because the IPv6 address space is so large, IP version 4 is 32 bits and version 6 is 128, it's so large that you can actually use the uh, MAC address as your host identifier. And because MAC addresses are supposed to be unique, that's a pretty good guarantee that your link local IPv6 address will be unique. Your IPv6 workstations also listen to a variety of multicast addresses, such as the all nodes link local and stuff like that. So workstations, in theory, should be able to all connect to a hub and be able to communicate with each other without any major setup from a network administrator. And in general, that all worked. We also, just as a basic internal test network, set up an OpenBSD machine with two network interfaces and stuck a bunch of machines on one side and another machine on the other side and just tried to see whether the router advertising stuff would work. Would the machines pick up addresses? We were using global unicast addresses, even though um, these were just ones that we picked randomly, essentially. They usually start with 2001 colon something, something, something. 
So I just chose on one side of the network 2001 colon AAA and then so on. And then on the other side, 2001 colon BBBB, so on and so forth. Yeah, that's, I guess, another thing I should mention. IP version 4 addresses are normally four numeric addresses, 0 to 255, period, 0 to 255, period, 0. Um, And IP version 6 is actually a bunch of hexadecimals separated by colons. In the end, they're all just numbers as far as computers are concerned. But, you know, to humans, they look a little different. Obviously, the IP version 6 addresses are so long that they're nearly impossible to remember. Anyway, back to our basic internal test network. And sorry if I'm rambling here. (laughs) This is why it's much better for me to interview people, because then they can do the talking. Anyway, so we had these two networks joined by an OpenBSD router. We enabled the router advertising daemon on both interfaces. All the workstations picked up the networks that they should, and we were able to ping back and forth across the router. So generally, everything worked okay. You do have to remember to enable IP version 6 forwarding in syscontrol. By default, machines don't forward packets between interfaces. We also chose to only forward IPv6, so we really knew that IPv6 was functioning. So after that day, uh, I did some further stuff where I wanted to connect a test network to the actual global IPv6 internet. My internet service provider doesn't support IP version 6, and in fact, also my firewalls don't support it. I'm using a commercial firewall, and that currently doesn't support IP version 6. So in that case, you can use what's called a tunnel broker. And essentially, this allows you to create a tunnel basically wrapping up IPv6 packets inside the payload of IP version 4 packets, and those shoot out the tunnel, hit the other end of the tunnel at the tunnel broker, and those packets are unwrapped, and the IP version 6 payload continues on its way as normal. So you essentially have an IPv6 connection. IPv6 addresses are so plentiful that it's really easy to get your own large block of IPv6 addresses. So once I had signed up for my tunnel at Hurricane Electric's tunnelbroker.net service. I got a block of addresses and got ready to set things up. Once you set up your tunnel, and I actually wrote an article, actually a two-part article, which showed up on undeadly.org. So if you want to get the details, you should probably look there. It's a little too difficult to try and um, give all the exact configuration over audio. But um, you set up your tunnel there, what's nice about tunnelbroker.net is that they do give you example configurations. You just click on this little tool, you pick your operating system, and it will go ahead and give you whatever commands you need to set up your tunnel. So I'd set up my tunnel. I was able to ping to the other end of the tunnel, so everything was working there. At that point, you just enable routing, basically forwarding of IPv6 packets, and then it's going to route automatically. There's no crazy routing decisions, so the routing tables by default will work. I created a local interface, assigned it the first address on my block of IPv6 addresses, and then enabled the router advertising daemon on that interface. Hooked that up to a hub, plugged in a Vista machine, and the Vista machine listened to the router advertising daemon. It actually picked up the proper global unicast address, and I was able to ping across my OpenBSD router up to the other end of the tunnel, so I knew I was part of the global IPv6 internet. The next thing was to set up DNS. DNS becomes extremely critical in IPv6 networks just because the addresses are nearly impossible to remember. As a network administrator using IP version 4, you probably have a few IPv4 addresses memorized for some 
important services like your DNS servers or your main file servers or something like that. But in the IPv6 world, it's just not possible. Well, at least for my simple brain. So DNS becomes pretty important. Also, just in general, trying to get out on the internet, nobody remembers the IP addresses of their favorite websites. So when it comes to stateless auto configuration and router advertising, it's kind of odd that there's all kinds of things that are advertised on networks, but they seem to leave DNS out of the picture. I'm not quite sure why. And it looks as though there's some stuff going back and forth about trying to let the router advertising daemon also advertise your DNS servers. Or you can do DHCP version 6. One other solution that Microsoft chose was in an internet draft. I don't know if it actually made it to a formal um, specification. But essentially, some um, site local addresses for DNS servers. So if Microsoft's doing it, it's probably something that you want to support on your network. Essentially, each Vista workstation picks or is auto-configured with three default DNS server addresses. And all you need to do is have at least one DNS server listening on one of those addresses. So on the OpenBSD router, the bind name server is installed by default, and the default configuration file that comes with it is enough to act as a recursive DNS server, essentially a DNS server that answers basic DNS queries. And all I had to do was add one of those site local DNS server default addresses to my OpenBSD router, just told it to listen on that also. And bind, the name server, was going to listen on all the addresses. So it just magically started working as an IPv6 DNS server. At that point, the Vista machine was able to resolve names, and I could go out onto the internet. At this point, you discover that there's not a lot out there that's reachable on IPv6. You can't go to Google, you can't go to Yahoo, you can't go to Microsoft. There's just all these websites that don't support IP version 6. So that was kind of disappointing. And in my network, I wasn't forwarding IP version 4, so I couldn't, you know, normally the machines will try IPv6, and then if that doesn't work, they'll try IPv4. But in this case, I wanted to test only IP version 6. There are some services out there, essentially IPv6 to IPv4 gateways are kind of like little proxy server things that will go ahead and fetch websites for you. You can also use proxy servers and stuff like that. But in general, this was a fun experiment, and I found that configuring OpenBSD to act as my network infrastructure was really quite simple. Editing a few configuration files, but nothing out of the ordinary. I guess that's really all I, I want to say about my experiments with IPv6. When will I need it here in the States? I don't know. Right now, my ISP doesn't even support IP version 6. So I don't know how quickly this protocol is going to be adopted. I guess, in theory, we're going to exhaust all of the IP addresses in the next few years. So we'll all be moving to it, maybe. I don't know. We'll see. All right. Well, if you'd like to leave comments on the website or reach the show archives, you can find them at bsdtalk.blogspot.com. And if you'd like to send me an email, you can reach me at bitgeist at yahoo.com. That's B-I-T-G-E-I-S-T at yahoo.com. Thank you for listening. This has been BSD Talk number 119.